from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Brand. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 111. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives right here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. We have the dream team on the the eve of Labor Day weekend. Dion and Michelle are here, and we are taking your calls all hour. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. So as you're getting ready to head into the Labor Day weekend, we have a very fun announcement about Career Talk. Career Talk will be working for Labor Day, so join me Monday, September 4th, when I host 24 hours of your favorite career talk shows and expert guests right here in SiriusXM channel 111. So if you're driving back from the beach on Monday, tune in SiriusXM channel 111 and you will get lots of great career advice heading into September. But today we are talking about my very favorite topic, networking. So I did not always believe in networking. I know that's shocking because I'm such an advocate of it now, but I always thought when I was younger that if I had a strong work ethic, a resume of accomplishments, a hunger for learning, that this would be enough to catapult my career. But boy, was I wrong. I did my dissertation on networking and I learned a number of things that success in life, whether it's work, whether it's home, personal relationships, is mostly due to networking. I'm a firm believer in that because our world's oversaturated with online contact content, rather one-click job applications, three million people applying to Google. It's a crowded world out there, and the more people you know, the more opportunities that you have. So today, I'm very excited to be talking about this topic, and even more excited to welcome the author of one of the books that was integral to my mental shift about networking about 10 years ago. So Lynn Wayman is the CEO of Contacts Count, which is an international training and consulting firm that specializes in working with corporations, associations, and nonprofits to support the growth and development of the network-oriented workforce. Lynn has co-authored two books, Make Your Contacts Count, which was one of my first networking books and still a very favorite of mine, and most recently, Strategic Connections, the new face of networking in a collaborative world, which I just had the pleasure of reading. And I'm so excited to have you on Career Talk. Lynn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dawn. Great to be here. So um, so I just finished reading Strategic Connections. And what I love about your books, Lynn, is that they are jam-packed with very practical, actionable advice. So this is not a lot of fluff. This is not a lot of stuff you've heard before. But these are actually, here's what you can say. Here's what you can do. And I think that's so important because I think people realize that networking is important. I think people recognize that it can help in their career. But they're like, okay, okay. But how do I do it? Mm-hmm. That is so true. I think people need scripts. Here's what you can say in this situation or that situation. Yeah, and that's what so, I love about the books is that you give them scripts and then people can take them and make them their own. And I thought one of the pieces of research that you talk about is that only 20% of professionals are networking to their full potential according to uh-huh. the studies that you've done. 20%. Yeah. That's right. So We call those the natural networkers, Dawn. These are the people that could talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. Now, they still have a lot to learn, though, Uh, sometimes about listening, sometimes about being more strategic or intentional. Uh, We've also found that about 10% of people are still saying, you know, I can't do it. It's not me. I won't get somebody else. Where's the marketing department? I can't. And so I guess that has to be okay. But that middle 70% or so, Boy, those are the ones who can learn the skills. And it is a learnable. It's not do you have it or you don't have it. Mm -hmm. These are learnable skills, Don, as you know, from your work at Wharton. Yes, and this is why I love your books, because you actually teach people, here's what you can do. Here's If this situation happens, here's what you can say. And most people associate networking with a job search. And I think it is very critical to 
work success. And what I love about your new book is it really focuses on not just looking for a job externally, but how networking can help you if you're inside maybe a large organization Mm -hmm. and you want to get new opportunities or promotions or how it can help the organization's customers and bring you, you know, more, more information. So you really talk about the fact that even if you're not in a job search, at this point in time, what you can be doing inside your organization to branch out, meet new people, and bring them into the fold. And the reason this is important is because, hey, if you need that report from HR at the end of the month, you start to get to know that team. Guess what? You're going to get that report early <laughs> or at least on time. I mean, you can make your life so much easier. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what so I. so true. Yeah, and that's I'll, what I'll I love you, about the book. I'll tell you a story about that. One of our clients said, that he was working with a coworker, and the coworker was saying, oh, they just won't give me the report I can't get. I've been asking for months, and where is it, and blah, blah, blah. And so Ron, our client, said, I told him I'll be back in just a minute. He went over to the IT people. He came back to his coworker, and he said, it's in your inbox. And the coworker said, how did you do that? And in five minutes. Mm-hmm. And Ron said, nope. Not in five minutes, in five years. That's yep. how long I've known those people. We met in a class, and I've kept up with them. Changes your life. It changes everything. I mean, I think if you, you know the, the maitre d' at your favorite restaurant, guess what? You might mm-hmm. be able to get in without a reservation, or you might be able to get a better table. You're, you're yeah. good friends with the person who does your hair. Maybe they'll open it early on Saturday for you to, <laughs> you to get in. I mean, it's not just work. There's so many aspects of life that can be easier if you have relationships with people who are around you. So so your book talks a lot about how to do this, and I want to make this show very practical for people who are thinking, nah, I don't need to network because I either have a job or I'm not even thinking about moving anytime soon because it's more than that. It's about success in life. And, hey, if you're just tuning in, we are taking your calls all hour at 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. You can also tweet me at Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Lynn Wayman, who is the CEO of Contacts Count and the author of some of my favorite networking books that we're going to talk about today. And so let's talk about some practical things. Um, The research shows that networking is a strategy that can certainly get you hired more quickly, that, um, you know, you have a longer tenure with the company. It shows you have greater satisfaction, potentially even negotiate a higher salary. So there's there's all of these great reasons why people might want to network but then it comes to actually doing it. <laughs> um, one of the biggest things I hear, Lynn, is that I don't have any time to network. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, um, I hear that, too. I'm too busy to network. In fact, a long time ago, we wrote a book called 52 Ways to Reconnect When You Don't Have Time to Network. I think it's probably on Amazon, but not, it's, it's not in print anymore. But you can fit follow-through in, follow-up in. Um, One way is to think about this. Do you go exercise, invite somebody to run with you or swim with you? Uh, Do you uh, volunteer at some sort of a organization like Meals on Wheels or a homeless shelter or something? Invite somebody to go along. Do you drive down to the professional association meeting where the traffic is bad and the parking is impossible? Invite somebody to go along. Say, I'll pick you up. We can drive together and get to know each other. So there are ways to fit it in. I, it's funny, Don, that I find that being a good networker is often about how creative can I be mm-hmm. to create the times that I need with people. I also, I, and I, I, you call this in your book choice points, and I, I think this is another critical way that people can find the time to network. And I'll admit, I have some failures on (laughs) these choice points. So tell our listeners what a choice point is. Well, a choice point is important because our studies show, Dawn, that it takes about six contacts with somebody before they know who you are and before they give a hoot. So it's up to you if you want a relationship with somebody to create those points in time. So a choice point is a moment in time when you decide to connect or not. Mm -hmm. You decide to reach out or not. 
suppose that you park your car, you're walking into your workplace from the parking lot, and you're kind of walking along next to, in front of, behind somebody that you don't know. But, boy, they say work at the same place you do. Why not start a conversation? That's a choice point. I know, and this is why I'm so bad at it, because I'm like, <laughs> as an introvert, I'm like, hope they don't turn around and see me. Don't see me. Don't look at me. Like, <laughs> well, sometimes you've got your mind on something. Maybe you're about to lead an important meeting, and you just don't feel like you have the mental space to reach out. But other times you do. Maybe you sit down before a meeting. You've got a choice there. You can pull out your cell phone and look at the latest news, or you can turn to the people next to you and say, so what's going on in your end of the company? That is Maybe so important. Maybe you're at a coffee shop. It's an easy place to start a conversation. I know. So, so how do you do that? How do you start a conversation in line at the coffee shop? <laughs> well, you look for a commonality. You look for something uh, that you have in common. It could be as simple as the weather, although people do get awfully sick of talking about the weather, don't they? Uh, it could be... Um, uh, something they're wearing. It could be, uh, I noticed you got off at the same metro stop I did. And here I've followed you right into the I know, as I'm shop. thinking, like, uh, yeah. I don't really and need you know, that coffee. I, I see ya. <laughs> you don't want to look like a stalker. Yeah, a course, creeper. Look for a commonality. The same thing is true at a conference or a meeting. Start a conversation about something you have in common. Wasn't that a great speaker? I think well, one I of the really things really liked what she said about blah blah blah. Yeah, that's one of the things you you talk about in the book that I can do a better job at and I think we all can is having something to say. Because I often find that I'm not quick on my feet, so I, I run into somebody or maybe there's that opportunity in a coffee shop and I'm I, my mind goes blank. And I, and I think 10 minutes later, I'm like, oh, you know what I should have said <laughs> was this. Yeah. And in your book, you talk about having these stories ready to go and maybe even thinking about them once a week. So when someone asks uh -huh. you, maybe you uh -huh. run into an old friend at the coffee shop and they say, hey, how are you? How are things going? Instead of the, uh -huh. the typical, fine, thanks, how are you? Oh, busy, yeah, me too, bye, uh -huh. is to actually say, well, you know, I just started this new project and here's what we're doing and having that yeah. at the ready. And I need to be better at that. Yeah, that's so important. Um, we we were teaching a workshop once to a client and this light bulb went off in this fellow's head when we were teaching this skill. And he said, oh, I get it. You've got to be prepared to be spontaneous. Yes, very well and said. That is so true. Think ahead of time. Do your brain a favor. Think ahead of time about when you run into people, whether you know them or you don't, whether you go into a professional association or a soccer game. What are you going to talk about? Mm -hmm. what are, and, and they come in two categories, Dawn. What can you talk about, the things you're excited about, enthusiastic about, interested in, knowledgeable about? Could be you found a new dog park. Then there's another category of the things you're looking for, the things you want to find or learn or connect with or have more of in your life. I have a friend who was asking people in line at the coffee shop, where's the best vegetarian restaurant around here? And that started a conversation. But the other instance that you bring up, Dawn, is when people say, well, hi, how are you? What's new? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And that's a good time to have a story to tell, an example or a story of something that's going on in your life. Yeah, so it gets deeper than I'm busy, you're busy, how are the family, yeah, great, and then you move exactly. on. And, and, and it yeah. doesn't really deepen the relationship at all. It doesn't really it teach you anything about that person or share anything about yourself. Hey, if you're just tuning in, we are talking about my favorite topic, networking, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. Michelle and Dion are engineering this show and manning the phone and ready to take your calls. So, hey, if you've got a great tip very practical tip for networking that has worked for you. Our listeners would love to hear it. 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Lynn Wayman, who is the author of Strategic Connections. And we were talking all about very practical advice to up your networking game. So we talked about having some stories ready. So that could be simple as when you're driving to work or on the, the bus, thinking about what, what have I accomplished this week? Or what, what's on my agenda this week? So if somebody 
somebody has a conversation, I have this ready to go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another simple thing is looking at what's going on in the news and, and you know, sports mm-hmm. or things like that and just having something ready. Because I do think that one of the things mm-hmm. that deepens connections, Lynn, is being interesting. So you talked about the new yeah. dog park. I mean, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Oh, really? What? Mm-hmm. And it starts a conversation. So mm-hmm. where else can people get topics that mm-hmm. we want to keep them non-controversial, of course, but where else can people get the, this information so they're ready when they run into somebody and, and can be conversational? Well, I think that looking at your leisure life or your work time life and figuring out, you know, what am I excited about? What am I want to talk about? You know, I'd talk with anybody anywhere, anytime about this topic. It might be a new website that you found. It might be um, some kind of new tool that you're using or a class you took at work. Um, uh, one person in one of our classes once uh, was hoping to adopt a baby from South America. And once he put the word out amongst the people that he knew and even people in this class, he got all kinds of resources and ideas. And, oh, you should talk to Susan. She and her husband just adopted a baby. So... Um, once you let people know what you're looking for, they want to help. It's so true. It's so true. I was just at a conference and I mentioned something about my car just in passing. And I got three mm-hmm. emails after the conference about, oh, here's how you can yeah. potentially fix that. And I was like, wow, that was mm-hmm. that was awesome. Another thing I really like to do, have at the ready, is a book I've read lately because I yeah. find that I read a lot of books. And so I always think to myself, what do I have on my nightstand? Because that's always a good conversation starter. Hey, have you read this book? Mm-hmm. Or I've just been reading this. You might like it. So that's another very easy mm-hmm practical tip. Hey, you're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We're going to go to Evan in New Jersey. Evan, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hey, thanks for taking my call. I love the show. Thanks, Evan. So my experience, um, I find that like what what you just said, people really deep down like to feel useful. What's really worked for me in the past with networking is just being very direct by saying things like, hey, can I pick your brain about something? Or I was wondering if you might do me a favor. I was wondering if you can give me a hand with something. Mm-hmm. You know, people really respond to that. So, okay, so you're you're talking about the direct approach. I have to say, Evan, one thing, um, because this is a pet peeve of mine. Please don't say pick your brain. <laughs> Sounds like it'll hurt. <laughs> It does sound painful, doesn't it? So I, I like your approach about saying, you know, hey, I've got a question for you. Advice. But but yeah. definitely, I, I'm going to put a PSA out there. Please don't say those words. And it just might be me, but for some reason, they're like nails on a chalkboard to me, Evan. <laughs> on, on Dexter, so that's probably where it comes from. Yeah, <laughs> something something <laughs> sinister. Um, but, I could, but I could give you an example. I just finished a book, and it's my first book, and I'm, I'm self-publishing it, and I have a friend who's the art director for a very large, regular publisher, you know, worldwide, you know, huge company. And I just said to her, I said, listen, I'd like some help taking the book to the next level in terms of marketing. I'm self-publishing. You know anyone who might be able to help me with this? She's like, you know what, let me give it some thought. I have a couple of people. I'll get back to you. And did she get back to you? Yeah, yeah, she absolutely did. She gave me a name and a number, and uh, it, was, it was great. So, Evan, you bring up two good points that we um, that Lynn you cover in your book that I, I want to address. I think one of them is the pick your brain <laughs> piece about and and something you say that I think is really important is um, uh, and I'm not sure how you you exactly phrase it, but you you talk about having something to offer, waiting to the right time to ask somebody for help at the right stage of the relationship. And I think yeah. that's that's really important. Um, and it's, it's kind of about investing in them before you ask for something. So can you share yeah. a little bit more about that? Sure. You want to avoid asking for too much too soon. On the other hand, you don't want to ask for too little too late. So I like what our caller said about being direct and asking for help. Let me tell you, Dawn, and our listeners, about the stages of trust development in a relationship. Mm -hmm. This is important because we're under a bit of a disillusionment here, the digital disillusionment, that either I have a friend or I don't have a friend. We're linked or we're not linked. It doesn't work like that, folks. There are actually six stages and important things to do and say at each stage. Let me tell you real quickly what the six stages are. Okay. Okay. 
the the first stage is an accident. You run into somebody you don't know. You run into them randomly. You're sitting next to them on an airplane. You run into them at a coffee shop. Most of the time, those don't turn into long-term relationships unless one of you decides to continue reaching out. The next stage of relating to people are what we call acquaintances. Now, these are people that you meet through other people. So you go to your cousin's backyard barbecue, and you meet somebody there, and a couple of weeks later you think, oh, wow, I want to talk to her. Through your cousin, you can find that person again. Mm Mm-hmm. The next stage of relating to people are what we call associates, and this is all in our books. There's a whole chapter about this. Associates are people who have joined the same group you've joined. So you sing in a choir, those are your associates. You belong to a professional association or the Chamber of Commerce, those are your associates. So now, according to my mother, they are not strangers. You have the right to talk to them and reach out to them and because you're all members. Okay. The next stage of relating to people are what we call actives. These are people that you're in active exchange with. There's actively something going on back and forth between you. You're talking, you're exchanging information, resources, ideas. So this would be like a colleague? This might be a colleague or a colleague, sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They know your name, you know their name. Um, and you're beginning to build trust. When you have that trust, we call them advocates. And these, you can't have too many advocates, that's for sure. These are people who would go out on a limb for you. They have had enough interaction with you that they believe in your character and your competence. Mm -hmm. And so they will recommend you to somebody else. And it's great to have those. It's usually a two-way street. Usually, if you're going to recommend them, they will recommend you, but not always. Then the closest stage of networking are what we call allies. These are people, well, I think of them as being on my own personal board of directors of my life. You know, everybody has one of these board of directors of your life. You may not call them that or have them officially appointed, but these are the people you turn to when you have a big decision to make, Don. When you want to decide, you know, should I take that job in Seattle? Should we have another baby? Should I decide to start my own business? Or like our callers, should I write a book? Mm -hmm. These are the big decisions. So these people commiserate with you, and they celebrate with you, too. So these six stages, what you're saying, Lynn, are are kind of where you can look to say, like, how how much can I ask for at this stage? So I do want to talk about that a little bit more, because I think, Evan, too, brought up a point that you have in your book, which I think is important, and and that's like, if you have an agenda, put it out there. If you're you're Mm -hmm. calling somebody for, you have a question, you have a person, Purpose, you want to be introduced to somebody, you want their feedback. It's very important to just be upfront about that mm-hmm. versus springing them, <laughs> springing it on them halfway through mm-hmm. the conversation. So, Evan, mm-hmm. I thank you for bringing up those two very important points from Strategic yeah. Connections. We appreciate you giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour if it's Thursday, noon Eastern time. We are live, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we're going to go to Abe in New York. Abe, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Hi, guys. Uh, So I had a comment and a question. Uh, My first comment was, so I'm uh, new in the sales field, and uh, what I've been doing is wherever I see connections uh, between uh, the contacts that I have where, you know, they might benefit each other, I try to make that connection. And so that's been my way of growing my network is just saying, hey, I know so-and-so. I think um, they might be a potential customer for you or they might use your product or services. So I've been making a lot of connections that way. Uh, My question is, when do you recognize uh, that a a connection you have is worth building a relationship with? And when do you kind of let a connection go and, you know, recognize that maybe, you know, you shouldn't spend time developing that? Yeah, that's that's a great question, Abe. And a lot of people ask that at conferences when I do presentations on networking. They're like, well, how do you know if you should pursue it or not? And the, the, the answer I always give is you don't often. I mean, obviously, if somebody doesn't click with you or you have very different opinions on things and you're just not feeling a good vibe, then that probably isn't going to be, develop into a relationship. But the fact is, I've, I've had situations personally where I met somebody and seven years later, it turned into something else. And 
Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just cultivate those relationships over time and you just don't know. And I think when you go into it thinking, is this worth it or not worth it, then it becomes more transactional than relational. And when that happens, um, it, it's no longer networking in the sense of, of what I think we think of it as um, in terms of relationships. It becomes transactional. But Lynn, I'd love to hear your opinion on this. Well, I think that it's it depends on, okay, you want to find an appropriate next step based on the amount of trust that you think is in the relationship, the amount of trust you've earned and the amount of trust they've earned. Well, how do you earn trust? Well, you show your character and your competence, and they show their character and competence. So if you don't see character and competence, if they forget to do things or they tell somebody something that you ask them to keep in confidence, then they're not going to earn your trust. So based on the stage of relationship you're at and the trust you have, then you would decide what's a good next step. Sometimes you run into people and they just are missing the reciprocity gene. I don't think there really is a gene. I was going to say, the reciprocity gene. And there might be. They're discovering all <laughs> kinds of genes and everything now. You heard it here first. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, some people just don't get that they're supposed to give back. So um, I think it was Abe, our caller. Yes. He said that he often passed people's names along to other people. If that never, never, never happens back and you don't get a thank you and nobody recognizes that you've done that wonderful thing for them, then you'd probably want to not do it so much with that person. Mm-hmm. So there's I read like... recently that only 27% of Americans make an introduction of one person to another. You know, passing this person along, saying you're going to really enjoy knowing her, or you'd love to use his services. Uh, that's a very, very low statistic, isn't it, Dawn? Yeah, those, so those are the only people who have the reciprocity gene. Yeah, well, I think more have it, but <laughs> they don't use it. Who, it occurs to them, occurs to them to do that. It's a gift of generosity. It's a awareness of other people. You're not networking for yourself. You're networking to help other people and create reciprocity. So yeah, so Abe, it, it, I I like where Lynn's going with this, which is essentially that if you find over time you're the the give give giver and they're the take take taker, then um you know you might just decide that relationship has got to fizzle out and it's it's not going to be a two way street, which is what the relationship should be. So thank you so much for giving us a call, Abe. We really appreciate it. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we're taking your calls all hour at eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Lynn Wayman who is the author of Strategic Connections. And hey, what are you up to for Labor Day? Because Career Talk will be working on Monday, September 4th. Join me Monday when I host 24 hours of your favorite Career Talk shows and expert guests right here on SiriusXM channel 111. So right now we are going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. Yes, there's always a quiz. And this week, I'm going to try something a little different. So this week, there are four answers. There are four possible answers. So I've got to get one. Yeah, so <laughs> you've got to get one. Uh, every time we do the quiz, we have such great callers with answers that could potentially be right. But um, we don't know. So this week, I picked a question with four answers. And Dion's going to get one right. So is Michelle. And we hope you do, too. So give us a call at 844-WARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And here's the question. Friendly gestures from your restaurant server can have a surprisingly large impact on your tipping decision, though you may not even realize it. For instance, doing these things can make tips increase from 2 to up to 8 percentage points. So friendly gestures from your restaurant server can have a surprisingly large impact on your tipping decisions. And if If servers do one of these four things, your tip will increase from anywhere up to two to eight percentage points. If you think you know one of those four things, give us a call at 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 111. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk 
on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, we are live at 844 Wharton. That's 844-942-7866. And hey, if you're driving back from the beach on Monday, tune in to Sirius XM Channel 111. Well, I'll be hosting a 24-hour marathon of your favorite Career Talk episodes right here on Sirius XM Channel 111. We are here with Lynn Wayman, who is the CEO of Context Count and the author of Strategic Connections. And we're talking all about networking. Lynn, where can people reach you for more information? They can go right to our website, www.contactscount, like make your contacts count. And uh, I'm in Newtown, Pennsylvania at 301-589-8633. We love phone numbers. We love phone numbers, Lynn. So we're talking all about trust and the six stages of trust. And one of the tips, today is all about practical, ridiculously actionable tips for networking. And one of the ones I love in your book is renew dormant ties because we were talking oh. about the, the six stages of trust. And I mean, if you have somebody who you knew, maybe it was a former boss, a former colleague, or maybe somebody from, from school a long time ago, you've, you've probably already gotten through a couple of those layers of trust, right? Yes, you probably have. And they probably remember you. And it's pretty easy to reactivate that trust. Here's the way it works. Suppose you've got a problem at work or something in your life that you need help with. If you ask the people you currently know or currently work with, they're probably in touch with the same old resources that you are, the Mm -hmm. same ideas. But if you go back to that person, as you said, that you worked with three years ago or somebody you used to know in Denver, they have fresh resources, fresh ideas, new ideas. And the studies show, strangely enough, that once you go back and you reestablish the trust, they're going to be much more helpful. The resources they give you, the ideas they give you, will be much more helpful than your current contacts. Yeah, because they've been doing different things. They've been meeting different yeah, people. And you've already exactly. gone through a couple of layers of trust. So you're, you're not yep. starting from scratch. And I think a lot of people then hesitate to do this because they think, oh, they don't remember me, or oh, they're going to think yeah. I want something, or, or right. you know, it's awkward. But I mean, now with social media, it's so easy to reconnect with people oh, from your yeah. past. It's so important. It really is. And so uh, what I recommend in our workshops is you write a script before you call, or even if you're going to email, plan what to say. You might recall a good time that you had together. Remember when we licked that project and got the award or remember i remember you were so interested in um learning how to ski did you ever do that so make some effort to think about how to reestablish the connection i love that too because people like it when you remember things about them and and mm-hmm. you know like oh you have a good memory or you know if you remember their yeah. birthday or, or other things so yeah. people again automatically it, it builds an extra level of trust when you're reconnecting with somebody and, and picking something out that maybe the two of you shared or people you know in common. Um, so you, you talk about that in your book too about noticing, like just taking time to notice mm-hmm. what people are doing. Like, oh, I know, I noticed that, you know, and insert something here. But we don't mm-hmm. do that because we're always on our phones. We're always looking down at yeah. our screens. And so yeah. so people don't notice things. And when somebody says that to you, like, oh, I, I even if it's something simple, I noticed you got new glasses. <laughs> it's like, wow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I know. We've got to put these phones away. When you're at a conference or a meeting or a lunch, disappear your phone. All the studies show that it's even, even if it's visible, it's going to get in the way of having a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Because what it says, is, if it's visible, is I will answer this if it rings, even though you and I are talking. Now, that is rude. Yep. 
That is definitely one of the things that reduces likability, and likability is a big part of trust and networking. Totally. I mean, totally. it's like having like a third person there in the room, yeah. even if it's just oh. on the table, face down. Yeah. A lot of what you're talking about, Lynn, too, I think has to do with planning. Like you talked about choice mm-hmm. points earlier in the show about mm-hmm. having those stories ready to go and thinking about that, thinking about, hey, I'm going on a jog or I'm going to this meeting and, and maybe I should call somebody ahead and, and ask mm-hmm. them to join me and things. And a lot of that does take planning. And sometimes mm-hmm. people just, that's not their thing. Planning is definitely one of my things. I love to plan. But some mm-hmm. people are just not good planners. So how do you see that getting in the way of networking? And what can people do practically to overcome that? Well, people have all kinds of prompts now to remind them of things they want to do on their phone or, uh, you know, in their wallet or wherever. So uh, you can, you got a choice. You can either plan ahead a little bit or you can be uncomfortable the rest of your life. Wow, that is profound. You can either plan or you can be uncomfortable the rest of your life. I'm going to I'm going to write that down. That see, <laughs> when people say why do you plan so much? I'm like, I don't want to be uncomfortable the rest of my life. Right. Well, <laughs> let's talk out. about the three key moments of networking that come up over and over and over and over and over again, Don. Okay. Can I can I tell you those? Yeah, let's go for it. Okay, the first key moment is the name exchange. You give your name, I give my name. Most people spend about four seconds on that. It's not long enough for me to learn your name and you to learn my name. So linger longer over the names. Here are some practical tips. If you give um, your name, Dawn, I would repeat it back and say, Hi, Dawn, because it enters my brain in a different way when I do that. Then I would hang on to your name long enough to introduce you to one other person there, whether it's 30 seconds later or 30 minutes later. That's my job as a great connector, to introduce you to someone else. Even if it's just your first name, that's fine. Can I stop there? Because that is such a great tip because people constantly, and myself included, I can't remember names. I can't remember names. Oh. And psychologically, this is because when you meet somebody new, you're probably focusing on yourself. And do I have spinach in my teeth? Is my, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. And, and you, you right. just don't, you're focusing on what you're saying, not what the other person's saying. And right. I like this tip because you kind of make it a game. You're like, I have to introduce Lynn to one other person, so I better remember Lynn's name. Name. Yeah, it gives you a reason to remember, doesn't it? I like I like that. Yeah. So what's the what's the second tip? Okay, the second tip is to if you can find some connection, like oh my cousin's name is Dawn, I'll be, that's easy for me to remember. So find yeah find an association, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, or yeah my favorite singer yeah. my it's just another way to kind of remember exactly. and solidify yeah. that name. You <laughs> could say how do you. That I mean, with Dawn, I don't think there are too many ways to spell Dawn. Oh, you'd be but... surprised. Everybody thinks it's D O N, and I. I don't... <laughs> oh no! Oh dear. Okay. The if I'm introducing myself to you, my job is not to say my name, but to teach my name. So I'm going to say I'm Lynn. It's Lynn with an E, mm-hmm. and I'm way down at the end of the alphabet, Wayman. Yeah, so you're you're teaching me to remember yeah. because you're giving me cues that I can associate and actually visualize. And another tip along those yeah. lines, I like if you're at a conference when they are actually wearing a name tag, I yeah. you know, some people learn in different ways. So if you visualize, if you could get that visual by looking at the person's name um, mm-hmm. while they're saying it, that can sometimes help. Right. So wear your name tag on your upper right shoulder. Don't have it down under your hair or on your belly button or behind your purse or anything. <laughs> that could be a conversation right starter shoulder. in and of itself. Why is yeah. your name tag look on at the, the name belly button? Tag. As you say, look at it. It's there because we are visual people. And what's tip number three, Lynn? Okay. The, uh, the, well, the second uh, key moment oh, is key when moment. they ask the question that everybody asks, of course, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Right? That's the question. So don't give your title. Don't give the name of your company. If you're looking for a job, don't say I'm looking for a job or I'm in transition. You have talents, even though you don't have a title. Mm-hmm. So here's what you should say. We have a formula that we teach in our books and our workshops. It's called the best test, two sentences. The first sentence, the best thing, is one thing you do best of the millions of things you know how to do, because everybody's multitasking. 
So one thing you do best, here's an example. Somebody in a workshop wrote this. He used to say, I'm a survey methodologist, which was a real conversation stopper. Now that we got a hold of him, he says, I design surveys and questionnaires. That's his best talent. The test part is the example. He wrote, I wrote one for soldiers returning from Iraq and was able to up the response rate by 18% just by letting them answer online. So you're putting out there something that people can be curious about, ask questions, mm-hmm. and will be a yeah. conversation starter. So it's it's yeah. about... Wouldn't he be fun to talk to? Yeah. He's I... accessible and interesting. Another one is a, a woman who uh, is in human resources. And, you know, that is a field that is so full of jargon. It's overwhelming. So her new answer was, <clears throat> I help uh, teams that are falling apart. That is a great best part for the best test. Falling apart is so visual. Mm-hmm. Then she said, I just led a retreat for eight people who were so thrilled to find out that people from four different generations really can work together. And then so you... a little bit of humor. <laughs> I don't believe you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> So, hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk. We're on Sirius XM Channel 111. We're here with Lynn Wayman, Lynn with an E, who is the author of Strategic Connections. And we're taking your calls all hour, 844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. And we're talking about the different levels of of, um, meeting somebody new, how to remember names, and very practical tips for networking down to what do you say. But before we go on, we got to answer our pre-break quiz because today is oh, Dion's God. day. I'm convinced. So let's let's talk about that. So the pre-break quiz has four answers, which is unusual. Friendly gestures from your restaurant server can have a large impact on your tipping decisions. Dozens of experiments in a variety of restaurants around the country have reinforced just how much small acts affect tips. So tips go up if your server does. Kevin from Oklahoma, what do you think? Leaning beside the table to become eye level with my client. Leaning beside the table to become eye level. That is that is not one of the four. Oh, ha- have you no. had a server do that and have you tipped more, Kevin? Yes, yes, I have. All right, well, personal with me. And, if you if you're so in Oklahoma, try this out. If Kevin comes in your restaurant. You're gonna you're gonna get a, a higher tip, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for giving us a call on Career Talk. We are taking your calls all hour at eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm your host, Doctor Don Graham, and we are gonna go to Dion. Dion, I've got to say, Kevin had a great idea. But I think it's kind of creepy. We both thought that was <laughs> so it's, creepy. It's, it's 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 a little too close in my personal space. Okay, so if you're in Philadelphia, <laughs> <laughs> you're not my camp counselor. Like, give me give me some space. All right, so so different states have different <laughs> different things. So I mean, this is a countrywide survey. So we love you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Kevin, they're being harsh. <laughs> hey, if it works for you. Go for All right. it. I, I'm going to say smile. Smile. It's really not on the list. It's not, well, <laughs> that's surprising. Well, it's not on the list because who doesn't smile? Right, like, these aren't obvious. <laughs> if we are if, in Philadelphia. In yeah, that's true. If you're in Philadelphia, <laughs> the only thing you need to do to up your tip is to just smile at us. Just, just show up. Just yeah, come over once in a while, smile. You know, maybe ask a question or two. <laughs> okay, what if they... What? What, what is this? Hey, look, I'm what trying. What is happening right now? I'm All right, he, he can get two answers. We have four of them. <laughs> We've got four. I'm going to say if if they remember your name. They remember your name. So the server remembers your right, Dion. If they, if they ask your name and then they, they remember when they come back and say, would you All like right. more water? Dion. Dawn. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I have to go back since you're so harsh on Kevin. How often do you introduce yourself to your server, Dion? No, but if they ask your name, right? If they say, you know, hi, I'm, you know, That's whatever. Awkward. You I'll don't be want your server. waiter asking your name? Your name? <laughs> we are not becoming buddies. <laughs> hey, you're missing out on a good networking opportunity, potentially. See? There you Apparently, go. yeah. Potentially. Tie, tie it all together. 
All right, all right. So asking your name. No, but you're 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 kind of close. Two sort of. X's for Dion. Yeah, you're kind of close. There's my second one. <laughs> all right, Michelle. All right. Um, I was gonna say something else, but you said he was close, so I think I know what it is. I think um, if they give their name. Yes. Ooh, yes. Yes. So eight percentage points if the server introduces him or herself by name. That is the highest out of wow. all of them. Really? On, on how to get a tip. So they just need to say, hey. They just need to say their name. Their name. They don't need to ask about your name. I mean, maybe if they ask about your name, that that 8% will go down. This I, I don't know. <laughs> but that's the, that's the best way for them to get it. All right. We're going to go to Steve in California. Steve, come on. Bring it home. How are you today? Good. How are you today? Unbelievable. I love your guys' show. Oh, it's thank a, you, Steve. You just made our I day. I travel a lot, and whenever I'm driving, I go right to it. Oh, well, we're, we have 24 hours of it on Monday for Labor Day. <laughs> so, so if you can't get awesome. enough of it, um, that's the day to tune in. All, all of your favorite guests. and episodes. Do you have a, a favorite guest, Steve? I like, I like the marketing stuff, the new business launch pad stuff. Um, sometimes I'll turn it on and it'll be like medical device. I'll just change it. Not interested. But You're not interested in medical devices. All right. Good well, to know. Yeah. All right. So when you go, so, when I you mean, go to a restaurant, what's up? Besides the basic stuff, like right off the bat, you're like, okay, make sure my water glass is filled. That'll keep me happy. But when a waiter or waitress or server says to me, how is everything? Just checking up on me just to make sure I'm happy with what they've served me. That means they care, and, and that, that goes a long way with me. Mm-hmm. So caring. Um, yeah, and see, it's interesting you say that, Steve, because I feel like that's kind of along with Dion's answer of smiling. Like, shouldn't that be general practice that they care? Is it not anymore? Yeah. Have we come to this point in our in our world? Sometimes they take your order, and then they disappear until it's time for the check, which always pisses right. me off. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, Steve. So right. they should care. Yeah. A little bit, at least. <laughs> <laughs> So that is not that is not enough uh, to bump it up two percentage points. But I agree with you, Steve. They should care. All right. So let's let's bring this home. Thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk, Steve. We appreciate it. We're here all hour. Eight four four Wharton. That's eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So okay. The other things two percentage points if the server writes thank you on the back of the check, which, you know. That's that's kind of like a smile in writing, right, Dion? <laughs> yeah. Um, this is interesting. Four percentage points if the server notes on the back of your bill that the forecast is good weather for tomorrow. What? Who's at the back of the bill? First I don't of all? know. W- but why is all this written on the back? I what's, don't... what's happening here? <laughs> That never happens. I'm, that cannot happen. That has never happened to me. Lynn, has it happened to you? Is anyone actually? Never, what? never, never. I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn's like, like, just do your job. Yeah, you're not getting any more money just for telling me tomorrow's weather. Thank you. No, um, not at all. And then five percentage points, and the years were getting creepy again, if a server touches a patron's hand. Okay, that's way too creepy. Yeah. um, Note that this part of the study was only conducted with female servers. So only female servers touching somebody's hand. Oh, no. Well, that's that's the, the flirting thing. You think it's a like, flirt thing? Oh yeah, like guys, guys will think she's interested because he because she touched his hand, and then he tips her a little more, and probably writes his phone number on the check. All right, yeah, there was nothing about writing phone number. So here's my phone number. Plus, it's going to be nice tomorrow. Okay, you're listening to Career Talk. We're going to go to Dan in California. Hi, Dan. What's on your mind today? Hey, uh, I was going to make a, ca- a comment. Maybe it was Kevin who's talked about the later knowing your name. It is Dion. It was Dion. Dion, my apologies, Dion. Uh, <laughs> when you go to a nice restaurant, you usually make a reservation under your name. So if the uh, waiter or waitress is uh, observant, they're checking in with a hostess to know your name so they could refer to you. Yeah, see, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, that's sure. that's what, that's what the restaurants that Dion frequents are, are those exact restaurants, <laughs> and he expects you. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's all I had to say. Thank you. Dan, thank you for giving us a call on Career Talk. Hey, we're live. It's Thursday, noon Eastern. 
844-844-WHARTON. That's 844-942-7866. If you'd like more great advice delivered right to your inbox, dawnoncareers.com is where you can find my blog. So let's talk, Lynn, as we're kind of getting to the end of the show about some awkward situations. So, oh, um, yeah. Okay. Like, wh- what if you get into, and especially in today's day and age, what if you get into a, a conversation and somebody says something offensive or things get political mm-hmm. um, and you want to kind of excuse yourself? What's well, a quick way I to do that? That's just fine. Um, you could you could uh, say, I, I need to go talk to Jim across the room. I'll see you a little bit later. <laughs> you um, gotta go t- i got to go find out my waiter's name. Excuse me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to do that, if you want to be more direct, I, I know that people say I'm not comfortable um, talking about that or hearing about that or... Or you could just try to change the subject. What about when you're when someone comes up to you, you're chatting with somebody, and the other person comes up, and you know them, but you forget the name. So you want to introduce oh, them, but you're like, ah, I don't know one of their names. What's, what's right. the secret? I think the best thing to do is you, you, well, you just say to them, tell me your name again. I'm Lynn, Lynn mm-hmm. Wayman. Tell me your name again. And then you hang on to it long enough to introduce them to one other person. So that is a faux pas, but it happens so much because we're we really meet so many people. Mm-hmm. So forgive yourself and and just say, tell me your name again. Don't say I'm terrible at names. I forget names. I'm no good at names. Don't do that. Yeah, I agree. Just no, no, put no, it out there. No. Get it. Be just confident. Say, tell me your name again with great interest. Yes, and with enthusiasm. Attitude and counts. Always give your always give your name first. Don't expect them to remember your name. What if um, you ask somebody, hey, how's your spouse, and they've gotten divorced or something? Oh, has, oh. <laughs> like, yeah, oops. I would avoid those kinds of questions. How's your dog? How's your spouse? How's your job? And all of those things have disappeared in some way, shape, or form. Instead, just say, catch me up on what you've been doing. Ah, so the 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 generic catch me up on what you've yes, been doing. catch me up, yeah. The other Another benefit. Another question oh, I love is... Um, Tell me what you're excited about. Mm-hmm. Yep. When I ask people that, sometimes they do kind of a double take. They kind of go, oh, what am I excited about? Oh, mm-hmm. and they stop and they think, which is unusual, isn't it, in networking situations? <laughs> they stop and, and they think. And then they say, oh, I'm about to go to Mexico, or oh, I'm just going to start a new job. You know, they tell you. And the cool thing about that, Don, is it gives you a clue into their future life and how you might be able to contribute with resources or ideas or introductions. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, and the other thing I like about like catch me up and what you've been doing is it's it's not a closed end like well you no. know how is this how's that no. it's it's very open ended mm-hmm. and people can go in a lot of different directions. So, yeah. Lynn, this has been amazing having you on the show. We've learned so much. I mean, prepare, plan, get those choice points ready. Think about the level of of relationship you're in before asking for things. Um, Go and renew those dormant ties. Just so many practical, practical tips on remembering names. Please tell people how they can reach you, Lynn. Well, you can give me a call directly at 301-589-8633. That's in Pennsylvania, Eastern Time. And go to our website, which is www.contactscount.com. Contacts count like make your contacts count. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Lynn, uh, Michelle, and Dion. You guys make this show so much fun. Our listeners and callers, thank you so much for tuning in every week. We love, love, love chatting with you. And hey, Labor Day, we are having a 24-7 marathon of career talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. So if you want to join me for your favorite guests and shows, we're doing it all day Monday the 4th. Thank you, everyone. Follow me on Twitter at Dr. Don Graham for more great advice. You've been listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 111. We'll see you next time.